Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. to dunk and I'm down to dunk I'm down to dunk this is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk this is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk this is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk this is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk this is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk we say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, oh, what's up? Well, this is a very weird timing for us. Uh, yeah, it it's is. almost an hour before. Yeah. So, extremely weird. I yeah. feel weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, but it's good. Uh, you know what? I want to wish a, a little happy birthday to my guy, Jay. Jay, who's on the fry pod. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. Yay. It's Jay Day. It's Jay Day. Hope you're having a great Jay Day. Uh, also, before we get started, I wanted to uh, just let you guys know. So if you don't know, if you're living in Oklahoma, you probably know about this. But there was um, on April 19th, there was a big tornado that hit. Shawnee specifically, lots of other communities too. There were lots of communities affected by this, but um, wanted to just quickly address this is from a a listener of ours, lives in Shawnee. He's actually a pastor of a church out in Shawnee. Michael Gilliam reached out um, and wanted to relay some of this. So if you haven't seen some of the damage, I mean, you can just Google Shawnee April 19th tornado and you can see that like the high school is greatly affected. Lots and lots of buildings were greatly affected and it's just in need of help. And so um, this church that Michael is affiliated with um, is partnering with this group called Samaritan's Purse to help um, kind of clean stuff up and restore the community. And so if you have any time or if you have the ability to help, um, they send out volunteers twice a day, every day. And so if you want to be a part of that, you go. what you do first, you go to a training. Uh, they have two different trainings every day, starting at 7.30. This is just like for safety, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty quick. 7.30 and 12.30 every day. Um, you can meet at the church called Family of Faith, which is at 30 Kenville Road. It's in Shawnee, Oklahoma, 74804 at 7.30 or 12.30. Uh, you can also sign up online at spvolunteer.org. And then if you just want more information about it, you can reach out to Michael on Twitter at Michael C. Gilliam, G-I-L-L-I-A-M. Or you can even call or text him, 405-827-2548, just to get more information or just to help 
get signed up to help. So they need a lot of help. Um, Michael is a uh, longtime listener, somebody that I see at a lot of Thunder games too. So um, good guy and someone that's trying to kind of spearhead some help for the Shawnee community. And we, uh, as a down to dunk community want to help too. So if you could, if you can't volunteer, spread the word to maybe somebody that could. And, uh, yeah, we would love to be able to help out in any way possible. So, um, yeah, prayers for the Shawnee community. And, um, here's to hoping that this actually maybe reaches some people. So, um, all right, McKelly. There's a lot of stuff going on. Playoffs. We had the Sam Presti press conference. I want to talk a little bit about that. But just watching games yesterday, I was, and I asked this on Twitter, but I just was asking myself, okay, like both the Hawks and Timberwolves, while they're still alive today, they're going to go home soon. Like those, mm-hmm. both those teams are going to lose in round one. And it just, I just had this question rolling around in my brain, and I can't even answer it. I don't even know how to answer it myself. It's like, which team would you rather be? Hawks or Timberwolves? And I got such a mixture of responses to this from so many people. Some people are like, oh, it's definitely the Timberwolves. Some people are like, oh, it's definitely the Hawks. And like they gave their reasons. But it was completely Why do you split. want to get so miserable in trying to ask this, answer this question? Isn't that, it? That would be... uh, but like, who would you pick? Oh, that's depressing. It's a tough um, question. Um, to, for me, it's kind of not because there is one player that I love a lot mm-hmm. on one of the two franchises and he's enough for me to say okay I would much rather have mm-hmm. that and he's Anthony Edwards yeah um, so, uh, so several people answer that way yeah yeah I think that I I like him uh, I don't like the um, I would say I don't like the team as constructed today I yeah. think that that trade was I expected that to go better, like yeah. them being maybe a 48-49 win team. Um, I think that I thought that Gobert would lift a lot defensively, and it didn't. I mean, they they should be a top top of the league in defense and good enough on offense, um, even without Cat. Like if you think about Edwards, Gobert, and and you have Jaden Daniels, this is a very good defense. Um, so. Conley is a good defender. Um, next year, I think that they would be better. Um, but but then you see what happens on the bench, uh, what happens behind the scenes. We don't know. But yeah. something about that team feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Then you turn to the Hawks and say, oh, it's the above plus I, I don't like anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's two franchises that, as as you mentioned, multiple times i mean they pushed the button a little bit too early if you're the timberwolves and definitely too early uh if you're the hawks um and this is why um it's so important to be patient patient doesn't mean uh letting everything slip through your fingers i mean at some point you have to make a move patient means just making a move and see oh okay this is this is exactly what I need, yeah, and and it's not easy. I mean, uh, Boston did it with Hayward, and it amounted to nothing. And still, they were so good because they had, I mean, they had two th- that those two guys. Um, nor the Timberwolves, I don't think the Timberwolves nor the, the Hawks have the same kind of core. Yeah, 
And so if you push the button too early, then it's just amount to nothing. Yeah, totally agree. This is why I brought this up is that both franchises did that. They pressed the button too early because they didn't know how their teams would evolve. They didn't know what they would need. And James Anderson said they pushed the wrong buttons. I don't think it's about when, but it's about who. Disagree. I don't think that disagree you can, me too. Take take Butler with the T Wolves. Butler yeah. is absolutely a must-have guy. Yeah, he is insanely good. Mm-hmm. He can turn a franchise on his own because he's that guy. Yep. But you need to do it at the right time. That, I mean, take you have Cat. I mean, if you think about. Um, I mean, roster construction, you have a center that is not super duper good at defense, but he can space the floor. Uh, he can be an offensive machine. What is the best player to pair with him? A greedy guy who just barrels through the lane and he is maybe not a great shooter, but it's an awesome defender. Well, hey, that there's Butler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but Jimmy was not the right guy for that team in terms of like, it was not the right timeline for Jimmy. And this is extremely important. The how, the when, and the who are all extremely important. You need to know what you have, using Sam Presti's word. You need to do it at the right time where, and I mean, I said it last Monday, we need to really listen carefully because everything will be well prepared and well said. And he used so many sentences that I would just re-quote because those are so important. I mean, you need to have a team that let this happen. I mean, uh, Presti discussed the J-Dub growth and the fact that others on the team allow that to happen. Yes. So the when is extremely important because you need to have a team that allows that. And so, I again, I, I, I really think that it's a mixture of timing, selecting, and 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 a bit of luck. Because with, with A-Word, I think that A-Word was perfect yeah. for that team mm-hmm. but he didn't have luck and and uh, and uh, by the way james anderson again and chad you disagree yes uh, butler didn't work in philly either well <laughs> let me disagree with that they they were uh they were a, a lucky Kawhi shot from beating the the champions so yeah i mean he worked very well but yeah. anyway <clears throat> yeah totally i think they have to they have to know what they need first. And that's how it's going to be. It just, I mean, he, Sam basically, he said that in the presser that you have to, but you can't buy the paint before you buy the house. Yeah. And what that means is you have to have the team first. You have to have the team that you are confident, like, hey, this is the team mm-hmm. that we're going to compete with. And once you have it, then you can go get those other pieces to complement. Like, okay, maybe we are missing a big. Well, you can go get a big with the with the draft picks that they have. Um, totally, you could do that. If you need to get a wing, it's probably going to cost a little bit more, but you have the assets to go do that. You need to know what you have first before you can go fill in the spots. Because if you just... I mean, if they use their assets and their cap space this summer to go get somebody that's going to play a big role on the team, like we're talking like Gobert and the Jimmy Butler example, and you look at 
even though or Donovan Mitchell wanting out from a disappointing Cleveland team. Yeah, Speaking Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Donovan trade. Yeah, that's another one. And then you just watch in, in uh, Atlanta did it to like a lesser degree because they filled it out with like role players. Um, but their team wasn't ready yet. They they were propped up by those role players who were good for one season, and then when they were gone, the bottom dropped out. It's like, well, wait a minute. I thought that we were this team. Oh, wait, we're not that team. No, we were just being propped up by like guys in their early to mid thirties. And like that is not the way to do it. You know? Yeah, and going back to last season and to some degree to this season as well, um, I remember us discussing Kenrich and Mike being forces that allowed the team to be better than um than expected. I mean these players can carry you to a certain place. And I think that Kenny is that good. Um, it's not a coincidence that the best basketball that OKC played was with Kenrich and Mike playing huge minutes and very important roles. Because when you have role players that know how to play the game in a regular season and maybe in very specific circumstances in the playoffs, you can get away with a lot. You can mask... And and your young players may have a good run. This is not sustained success. This is not, hey, we are good and we are good because. I mean, we have starting to see right now, we are good and we are good because of our young players. Because there was no Kenrich. There was no role player to, like, Isaiah Joe had a okay end of the season slash bad end of the season. It's all about the young guys. There's nothing else. This is who they are now. They are a team that can get hot and that can go greedy and beat a very good team like the T-Wall, like the um, Pelicans and just being dismantled the next day because they don't have enough. Yeah. So this is what they are today with their young core. And this is the most important thing. Had they have Kenrich, maybe they are playoff worthy. Yeah. I am, I'm quite certain that if you keep Mike, you keep Kenny, Kenny doesn't have the injury, they can go at win and win 43 games, 44 games. And yeah. In many, many of the uh, listeners slash observers slash watchers' mind, you can say, okay, they are 44. So are, they are ready to make the jump. And I don't think so. Boston had a lot of insuccess playoff-wise mm -hmm. before they made a move. Milwaukee, Milwaukee had Giannis being the best player in the league or close to that. And they had two years of bad, bad postseasons. And then after a while, they went and get Drew Holiday and they won a title. Um, that was a very good when and who. So I, I really think that, um, as you mentioned, I mean, role players can carry you way higher than what you expect because if you get the right role player, everything can function. And if you function in the NBA for three months, you can get to the postseason. OKC functioned for two months and they got to the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's it. And they, I think also the point is the Thunder want this group to prove that they're ready for it before. And I think Sam Presti kind of mentioned that. It's part of like the house before the paint comment is that they want them to earn it. And he spoke to that, like that first group too. Like once they got to 50 games and they proved it on their own that they were, you know, ready then it was like, okay, great, you guys are ready, but we have deficiencies and we need to go seek those out. 
like how do we how do we help this team now you know um which is why i just don't see a world where they're going to make any big move this summer also the cap stuff is really important if you want to keep your players if you want to keep this team if you like this team and you want to keep this team together you can't go use that 30 million in cap space this summer to bring in somebody. He mentioned like no. Ben Gordon and David Lee as guys back in 2010 because the Thunder had a ton of cap space in 2010. And I at the time was was one that was, you know, talking to my friends about, "Hey, they should go try we should try to get Chris Bosh or we should try to get David Lee or we should try to get Carlos Boozer or we should try to they get try somebody. To get Tyson Chandler. Oops. Yeah, that one that <laughs> one kills me still to this day. Um like we should go get these guys because we got the cap space now. We got to go do it. We got to go do it. And it turns out they didn't. They didn't need those guys anyways. And it it would have made the cap sheet so messy yeah. if you signed them so early. to like a long term deal. And it's like okay, well now what? Like can we? Like how many of the can we even keep Serge Ibaka now? You know, um, so. I think, well, and James, listen, the team had already been, had some success before, like when they made the Tyson Chandler deal initially. Real success. They had had real success. They had, the Thunder haven't had that yet. <clears throat> they were already taking off. This, this team hasn't taken off there. And Presti mentioned this, and this is like not even like a reading the tea leaves thing. This is just like fact. He kept stating for a reason. This is not a 500 team. We are yeah. not a 500 team. He said it multiple times the other day for a specific reason. Because and he's he's basically just telling everybody, hey, listen, I'm not doing anything until they show me that they are ready for this. As and it's they're not a five hundred team. The house isn't ready yet. We don't even have, we don't even we haven't even bought a house yet. So how are we supposed to know how to paint it? Yeah. Like the paint, if you want to do like an analogy, like Tyson Chandler and Kendrick Perkins were the paint on the first Thunder house. And yeah. the house was Westbrook and Durant. Like that's how they yeah. built. That's how they built that team. And, and Presti made also a very interesting comment about what was perceived as something that they really needed. And I think that he hinted to the fact, hey, it's a fact that we should have thought different way. We already had, we already had what could be needed, mm -hmm. and we just decided to take what was perceived as needed, what we perceived as needed. Now, I, I'm not sure that he was hinting to that, but he said something about Green that I read as, "Hey, we had a very modern team. Yeah, <laughs> like with uh, we could have just had Surge." Yep. And and this is why I don't want to box the Thunder need right now. Yeah. Um, do they need a center or a guy that is physical? Sure, they 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 need a guy like that uh, to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 apparent that they had the best basketball of their lives playing small. Yeah, they destroyed destroyed Philly with. Um, uh, with, with a small team and and like uh, on Philly, I'm sure that everyone is aware there is the best center of the league yeah. uh, or one of the best centers of the, uh, of the league. Yeah. It probably like it's MVP. So uh, what are we talking about? Like it's it's not even clear 
what version of OKC works better and Chet didn't, didn't step on the court yet. Mm -hmm. So we really need to, to, to be patient and to let this team grow organically. Um, yeah. I think that this is the, the part of the, of the presser that I like the most. The fact someone has to sacrifice in order for someone else yeah. to, to shine. And, and I think that Lou was one that sacrificed quite a lot about this volume, about this usage. Um, Giddy sacrificed quite a bit of, yeah. of his usage to allow JDAP to be more effective. Trey Mann basically disappeared to allow JDAP to, to take a lot in terms of ball handling. Um, and nobody knows what happens when Chad plays. He can take 20 shots. And if he takes 20 shots, I mean, this team will change dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if again, if, if he's that good, I'm not saying that JDAP, that Chad will take 20 shots just because he wants to take 20 shots. But ha what happens if he takes 20 shots and make 12 constantly? Like, this team changes completely. I mean, and this will be like a earthquake in our in the in the construction of the team. How can you just think about that uh, and just saying, okay, well, maybe we need um, to draft Hendricks? Who cares? Like, <laughs> really, just draft the best player you can, yeah. uh, the player that gives you the most versatility, the most upside, and then if the team with Chat still needs, really needs rebounds physicality and 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 whatnot then then you may think about that maybe even at all-star break next season mm -hmm. it can be as early as that if the team is on pace to win 50 but every single night you have chat beat down you have yeah all this stuff if then if, maybe you think about it yeah if they show that they are the team yeah if they're on a if they're like 10 games above 500 at the trade deadline and they are like the the four seed or something or the two seed in the West, and they're like, yeah, we've we've got to get somebody that has like some muscle down there to to move these guys. They, I mean, they have the assets to do it. They've got the paint. Yeah, they they can go get the paint. That's no big deal to go get the paint. They just need to know that the house is ready for the paint. That's yeah. all. And I and I do think. It's it's just an important thing to note whenever you're trying to figure out what the what's the offseason plan, how are they going to do this, what's going to happen next. I I think that I mean he said it all. You know, he said like we're staring he said we're staring that sucker down. That's the second mountain. They're staring it down. They're not on it, but they're staring it down and they're ready, they're almost ready to go, but they need the team to be ready first. And they're not going to be beholden to any sort of anything at all he calls it a clock like they're not watching the clock they're and i i do believe that that's genuine i don't think that they're saying like they're they're waiting for the team to declare themselves and he you know Presti obviously was not satisfied with what he saw this year to say that the team is ready yet because he was like yeah we played good for two months <laughs> you know we were good a good team for two months we weren't a great team we need some sustained success here, and we're not a 500 team. He w those things he didn't mention those by accident. He didn't just like come upon those when he's sitting there. He mentioned those very intentionally. He very yeah. intentionally said those things over and over again the other day to like illustrate that they're not ready yet. Like I mean, he in so many ways he said they're not ready yet. They've got to be better in a lot of different ways, and they need to come back better. You know, they're going to start from square one 
at the beginning of next year, and they need to come back and be ready. They need to be more physical. They need Josh to be more physical, not as a defender, but as an offensive player. Like oh, Josh, that is a part. That is a part of the presser that I really loved as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, Josh has made a, uh, a transition from year one to year two where he's way more aggressive at the rim. And fruits of that, those are not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, part because of him, part because of how he's being officiated right now, which is a common thing in the NBA. I mean, when you start driving at the rim, it's not you're not getting all the calls right now. He's mm-hmm. starting to get them. And when he realizes that he doesn't need to shy away, he's much stronger than a lot of guys, and so he can get there and, and get fouled. Mm-hmm. That is going to change quite a lot yeah. in Josh's games. And, and I think that Presti was hinting to that, like Josh needs to play physicality on offense. Uh, defensively, he, he's, he needs to be more consistent. Yeah, but there there are signs of him being better. And again, uh, I mean, he he also Presti also discussed something that I, I mean, nobody really believes, but but there is a chance that next year they win thirty eight games. I don't believe that, but success is not linear. What if J Dub is not the same J Dub of this year? It's unlikely, but it still can happen. What yeah. if Shea plays forty games? What if Chad plays 20 games? Mm-hmm. Like, this is why the timeline is so important. Um, because you, you are not necessarily growing linearly. Um, I hope they go exponentially. And it, it is it is certainly a possibility that, boom, next year they start and they are insanely fun with Chad. And Chad is a monster and everyone improves even a tiny bit. And this team is a 50-55 win team. So this can happen. Um but there was also like the hey, Trey Man looked amazing yeah. at the end of last season. I bet him being a 17 points per game mm-hmm. bench scorer. Mm-hmm. He's very far from that. Yeah. With JDAB, I'm a bit more certain because we saw that for 80 games. And we saw Is it there sp- specifically, we saw it in games that mattered at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Those last 10 games, even though they were rocky, that was the most important stretch of the season for this team. It's to like figure out how to get their footing, and you and you saw in those last ten games how they were not ready yeah. to be that team yet. The way that they struggled in Indy, the way that they like, and I know this was not Shea, but like they still like barely scraped by against the Pistons. Let's yeah. say let's say Josh misses that shot and it bounces just a little differently off the rim, they lose that game. Yeah, they're not in the playing. Yeah. And they don't make the play. It's still I mean, a widely successful season. Still, yes, still, yes. I think that we would still sit here and be saying the exact same things, and that Presti would have handled his presser the exact same way. I don't think that making the play in or not changes the way that they're going to handle the team going forward, which is which is good, which is the way that you'd want it to be, because they they look at this very holistically and they really step back, and so much of it is relational, which is really cool to see because I think it's the right way to handle it um, and relational with their star players in particular it's so it's so important that they handle it the right way and that and Presti said it like we're not just here to appease Shay. we're not just here to appease J-Dub or Giddy or Chet like that's 
he's he's well aware that appeasement of these players is not going to lead to long-term relationship with them. And I think yeah. I think it's so cool one that he even mentioned that in the press conference. And when he mentioned pancakes and car washes, I was confused about that. Um, I've since found out that that is referencing apparently the Thunder have like the most amazing pancakes for like their players and staff. And then also oh. like they wash the players' cars. Like I don't know if it's pregame or postgame or whenever it is. Um, but like the pancakes and car washes are like things that they give these players that like people talk about a lot. Oh, the car wash. It's so great to just pull into the game and like have my car washed. And then like the pancakes here at the arena are just like unbelievable. No cupcakes. Unbelievable. No cupcakes. No, no, no cupcakes. Um, okay. But the pancakes, and basically he's talking about how like here, here are ways that we kind of pamper the players a little bit. But he's like, but it's not about that. It's about how can we actually have a relationship and make each other better, kind of like the iron sharpens iron kind of thing. Where like our relation, our our organization is very strong, and we want to have players that are equally as strong that we can work together in tandem, and not just like, oh Shay, how are we going to help you? You know, what can we do? What could, how are we going to get you to stay? And like Shay, like we'll give you this, we'll give you that, we'll do whatever you have to, you know, we'll do whatever we need to do. You know, they want it to be where they can just sit across the table from one another. And just like, how do we make this better for both of us? You know, it's like very much, I was telling this to somebody uh, about this advice. It's like, this is not only like great advice for like teams and how they handle their stars. This is like great uh, relationship advice. Like this is great like marital advice, you know? Like you're not just there to just make somebody happy. Like you're you're there to like grow together. And yeah, I I thought that part was really cool because it did... Uh, humanize the this process a little bit because I think so, so much and a lot of it is like 2K and a lot of it is that all of this stuff lives on Twitter and all lives like in a world that like you can't quite reach for the most part that you mm-hmm. can't like tangibly be a part of um, quite as much except for like just being a fan but like still I, I thought that that stuff humanized this process very well and I thought Sam did a really good job of trying to explain those things to to us and then to the fan base itself that like these are people that we are trying to partner with long term to build an awesome basketball team. But like here are the ways we're going to do it and here are the ways that we're not going to do it. Uh, and I thought I just thought that it it showed a lot of maturity within the organization to be able to say those things because you know the players are listening to this stuff too you know yeah when asked oh, oh definitely when asked yes. about shay you know Presti was like yeah I, he's really good and if he wants to be great he has to be a two-way player you best you best believe he was saying that directly to shay and i'm sure that he said it to his face anyways before this like he's saying those I, things I bet to something him. different i bet that shay said that yeah. In that exit interview. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that that, is, that that shows the alignment between, or the perceived uh, alignment. Mm-hmm. I hope that is better perception than, than yeah. me being a Ludort hater, but um, <laughs> still a perception uh, of what, what is happening uh, between yeah. Shea and, and the team. And I, I mean, 
we all have business relationship and like relationship in general and yeah. appeasing is something that works uh, i mean it works with humans it works with uh animals like when you train a dog you appease him with uh with, with little treats and that works um but he's at a human level how long does it last mm-hmm. when does the appeasing starts to go in places that you don't necessarily like how much control are you willing to surrender? Yeah. Um, and, and so if you build a relationship based on different things um, where you, you really confront each other and you build something together through, yes, of course, you, you need to make the other party happy. Otherwise, it's not a relationship, but it's it's the way in which you do it that changes the matter dramatically. And I think that he specifically mentioned that the league a lot of times is just appeasing star players. Mm-hmm. It's about that, which, again, um, maybe allows a team to have certain star on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but how that lasts or how that is conducive to success, it's it's something that is a com- completely another story. And it ties back to what we discussed at the beginning uh, and which Presti... Um, it was pr- probably the, the, the favorite point for me about, again, allowing other teammates to have success. Yeah. And you can do that only if you grow uh, with, with the team mm-hmm. and you understand what the team is about. And you understand like how being great together is much, much better than being happy as a single player that, allow- that is allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that he also mentioned is that like they're welcoming resistance and friction, you know, as a part of this because, and this is also just showing like where the team is at. It's like they're welcoming those things because this team is still so young and they have still so much to learn and so much to grow into that the only way to grow a lot of times is with that resistance and with that friction in life. And like the the Thunder know that, and they want that. They and he talked about how they put them on, in uncomfortable situations, and I think they tried to do that with J Dub so much this year. It's like okay, great, like you're comfortable in that position now. Great, we're going to throw you into another one. You know, but we're going to make you the full time four here at the end of the season and see how you handle that. Uh, we're going to make you the backup point guard. We're going to make you shooting guard. We're going to make you this. We're going to make you're going to do all the things, and let's see how you handle it. You know, Josh Giddy. Hey, Josh, we know that you are really a primary ball handler at heart. We're going to make you a secondary ball handler and see how you handle that. Or you know? we keep you to a standard that is so high for you and low for others. Like, yeah. no, you don't close games. But, Coach, I, no. Yeah. The standard for you is different. That's a I mean, very uncomfortable. He was put in so many uncomfortable situations to start the year. And yeah. I think a lot of 19-year-olds would have folded and just... He would have been like, yeah, you can't fold. You know, what happened to Josh Giddy? Like, where did he go? Like, he was he was on pace to be probably second or third in rookie of the year voting last year. And like now, like, where where is he? He's and, not closing games. Yeah, he's not even closing games. He's treading waters. Can, yeah, he's treading he's treading water. Can can he and Shay even coexist at all? And he and that he answered the call though. He answered yeah, the call. That is a dangerous to those path, though. It is. They're throwing these guys in there, and that's the thing. Is like they're not afraid. They want these guys to be the guys that move the team forward, 
And the way to figure out if that's possible is just throw them right into the fire. Say, great, we're going to put you in uncomfortable situations and we're going to see how you handle it. And they handle it, <laughs> a lot of these guys have handled it. Shay, Giddy, J-Dub have handled it so well. Dort has handled it. I mean, Dort, the player that showed up the most there in the last 10 games outside of Shea was probably Lou Dort. Like, the dude was ready to wah, go. Wah, wah, the dude was, me. The dude was ready to go. And they, I just love the way that they are handling this team. Because not, I mean, you look in Houston, and, you know, all y'all know how much I love to pile on Houston. But they're not putting their players in difficult positions. They're just like, okay, go do your thing. Let's see, let's see what happens, you know is largely the way that it was, and it created chaos. And that team is chaos from the top down, and that's how organizations are. That's how, like, it, that's how any organization is, whether you're a basketball team or you're selling water bottles. You know, what you are stems from top down. Ownership first, management next, coaching next, players. And it all trickles down. And you can see in Houston that, one, there's chaos at the ownership level. He's not should that's not an owner that you would want. Management is not Can great. Can I stop you for a second? Coaching, not great. Yeah. I just remember the most beautiful moment, probably one of the most beautiful moments in Down to Dunk history. Hmm. The trivia. Is it Ferdita or Frittata? <laughs> yeah, Ferdita or Ferdita or Frittata. Yeah. That's <laughs> That was an amazing moment. <laughs> that was the beginning of Alex, the yep. trivia guy. Yep, and that's right. It it was amazing. Um, I, was I, amazing. I still think about that so many times. <laughs> um, like so good. It, it it was it was. I mean, we should we should put that in in the I don't know, down to dunk top ten hit or whatever. Yeah, um, definitely. Speaking of putting guys into different situations um i remember how everyone laughed at the thunder uh, and at sabonis for that rookie year yeah. and i was watching the um, the games i mean probably sacramento against uh golden state is the one that i watch every game because i think it's so funny and i mean last night sabonis was just like left wide open like he is i don't know clint capella mm -hmm. and i remember oh old domas would have jack trees i mean he jacked seven trees in a game again or five trees in a game against boston I, re I vividly remember that and 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 then i mean he he probably didn't have to do that uh for years and i mean i question was it the right path at the beginning to try to allow him to be a shooter force him to be a shooter first because they really know hey you are great at the basket and you will be always will be you you are going to be great at the ho guy uh you know how to play but you need to be a great shooter if you want to be an all nba kind of guy mm -hmm. and if you add shooting to domus um you can you can question like is he that below the emb then and Jokic if he's a 38 percent three-point shooter on a decent volume i don't know so putting guys in uncomfortable roles, um, I don't think that J-Dub was really comfortable in taking as many trees as he did in the second part of the season, but this is a crucial development for him. He needs mm -hmm. to do that way more than 
Um, and, and so and so does Shay. I mean, I think that that part of the development needs to come, and and I'm sure that the coaching staff is vocal about that. So it's it's something that you need to welcome putting guys in um, position where they need to react. They can't settle. This is a place where things either break or work. And for a team that has a gazillion first-round picks, it's mandatory to say, okay, with all the young players, we just force them to react. And if they don't, then we we try again and again and again. At a certain point, we just fold for them. And because he said that, and I think that this year he didn't, but he did last year, a lot of guys will be left behind. Mm-hmm. And it will happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so much truth in all of that. And yeah, guys guys that from this team that we really that you really liked, some of those guys will be left behind too. Mm-hmm. That will happen. This team is still so young. We still don't we feel like we know a lot. And I think we felt like we knew a lot even the season before then. And there's still so much to learn. And he talked about how they're still in observation mode for this next year. And like yeah. that's that's where they're going to be. They're going to put all these guys in positions where they might feel a little uncomfortable. Also, there's also the fact, too, that Mark Degnault is really good at putting these guys in position where they don't struggle, where they will like thrive and flourish. And like you see that with Isaiah Joe, and you see that with Aaron Wiggins, where it's like, oh, my gosh, like where did these guys come from? Yeah. And some of it is certainly their skill and certainly their dedication to like being great. But some of it also is just like the Thunder offense is going to make guys look really good. <laughs> it's going to make guys look better than they are probably. And like that's a really good thing because the Thunder, that's not something, that's not been a mark of the Thunder in the past. It's, you know, you bring in guys like Patrick Patterson and, Alex Abrinas and guys like that, and it actually the Thunder offense made them look a lot worse than they are, just oh, yeah. by nature of the way that they play. Because if you're, and and the, you can't, you couldn't have changed it. I'm not saying that things should have been different then, but when you play with such a dominant force, Hall of Famer, greatest one of the greatest players of all time, probably the greatest Thunder player of all time, Russell Westbrook, things have to be a certain way for him to thrive. He has to play with a certain kind yeah. of player. And you're seeing actually with the Clippers that there are a lot of guys like Zubats is like a great player for Russ to play with. And the wings that they have are great players for Russ to play with. But I can't help but like think, man, I wish that Alex Abrinas would have hung on a little longer. Cause if Abrinas yeah. were on this team, he'd be amazing. <laughs> He'd be so yeah, good be on great. this team. Oh, my gosh, because he can handle and he can shoot. He can pass. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. I think he would have Would have been too old, though. He would have thrived on this team. He would have thrived. He's 30. Like, come on. Still Is old. he really 30? 1993, yes. Oh, my gosh. That makes me, that makes me feel old, that he's 30. Yeah. Man. I'm quite sure. I believe. Is he 1993? Yeah, 93. Yeah, August 1st, 93. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd still welcome him. That's a button that I'd be willing to push. Is like, let's just get Alex Sabrinas back here in the NBA. Let's see what he can do with Mark Degnault. I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be amazing. 
Uh, yeah, I think he's done with the NBA. But all, yeah, the, all that to say, I just I also think that this Thunder offense puts guys in great positions to to be successful. And so while they do put them in uncomfortable situations that they can grow from, this this offense is actually starting to function quite well. And just just think like when these guys are actually like twenty four years old, average age, twenty five average age, and you have other pieces that fit a little bit better what it can be because they were an average offense this past year and they were an average shooting team this past year with a lot of guys that you're just like yeah they're not really shooters <laughs> they're not really that you know you had some like really good shooters but a lot hey, of a lot of it really functioned because of the type of offense that they run in june 2022 we had the feeling that okc needed the second pick because they needed their best player. Yeah. That was June 2022, a, not even a year ago. And right now, there is this super duper star, all NBA, maybe first team all NBA kind of guy. And plus, you need to add that player, mm -hmm. the player that we were waiting for. Chet can change things dramatically, yeah. or he can be just a um, normal player. We don't know uh, if he's nowhere near what we saw in Summer League. He's going to be insane. He was the best rookie by far in Summer League. Um, so who knows? Again, um, that player can change a franchise for good. I mean, if he's that good. If he's not, then this team is still extremely good because they found Shea. Uh, Giddy is awesome. And Jadab is awesome. So, yep. I mean... It's it's so insane how much there is to discover next year, <laughs> and this is why you don't want to do anything. Because I mean, let's just let's just see let's let's just see what happens with Chet. Let's just see how they react together. Mm -hmm. And again, we are not talking about the um, another player that they will add next season that can change a lot. Because if they draft another player that is as good as J Dub, I mean, boy oh boy, you will need to make a choice between these five players. You, yeah. you can't. You can just have them all. So it's it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic story. And 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 this is why I mean um Presti is right to say, okay, let's let's wait. We don't have to rush it. What's the point in in, in trying to speed up a process that might need no no speed up? They can be a 55 win team next season. Like it can happen. I mean, if Chet is awesome and the uh, 12 pick is insanely fun and good. I mean, they can win 50 next year and they can be uh, in the the higher up uh, half of the playoff hierarchy for what we know. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, it's insane that we, we had this season without two main pieces of, of the team next year, without the, the veteran that was the heart of the best moment in Thunder season, uh, being Kenrich Williams. And next year we will probably have those three things uh, plus everyone with a NBA summer on their shoulders, where they can improve, work, and stuff like that. So it's it's absolutely um, crazy. And again, I, I think that that part of of Presti Conference was really telling the fact that going small. I mean, it's probably one of the first time that he specifically addressed a certain style of basketball in a. Of, he, he addressed physicality last year, yeah. but saying, hey, 
going small allowed us to be the best version of ourselves or something like that. Yeah. It's it was really also very telling. telling. It's extremely telling on like wh- where are we headed with this? Well, one, I just think that they want to be unconventional. I think like there's a deep just like yearning from the franchise to be uncon- unconventional. One, because I think they know they have to be unconventional. Mm-hmm. And also like the teams that are unconventional are like on the cutting edge. You know, the Warriors were very unconventional with how they handled things. And yeah. it ended up like changing the game. I think the Thunder would like to do that this time around. Whether they can do that or not is going to be dependent on like how high the talent goes. Because that's like, the Warriors could be unconventional because they had Steph Curry and, and Clay. And Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Like that's how they became unconventional. Is that they had all those players. And the Thunder are going to have a chance to be pretty special um, moving forward. And a lot of that is like they're probably going to be very unconventional. Like whenever people think like, oh, Chet's too skinny. You have to play somebody big next to him. I don't necessarily think that there's that same desire happening behind the scenes with the Thunder. Um, you know, he was, he was specifically asked, when you talk about like this nastiness that you want from the team with this physicality that you want from the team, is that going to be handled in the draft or free agency? And he just said no, and he pointed back to the team. He said, no, it's got to come from them. We want it to come from them. So, yeah, I think that that was really interesting to see. I think that he thinks that he, and he said as much, that the style of play they want to foster is going to better um, develop with playing small. And then I think, and also you have to also acknowledge that when it's time to win playoff games, you have to win in a, by playing in lots of different ways. And that's like yeah. exemplified by what, the way that Boston has built their team is that they have lots of different kinds of bigs that can play lots of different kinds of ways. And I think eventually you're going to have to go get like a, a bigger guy to come and play with this team, like off the bench. You have to get somebody off the bench that can come in and like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Changed. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Things. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And be a big it largely depend on how Chet is going to impact phys- physically the game. Because if, if Chet is the guy who can impact both yeah. uh, physically... I also, just think, I also just think you need a backup big that can affect the game. You, you know? don't trust Jay Will? I don't know yet. Not today. I don't know yet. Not today, yes. That is and that is probably what uh Presti was addressing with um speaking about multiple bigs. Uh yeah. I mean Jeng is seven feet tall. Pokushevsky yeah. is seven feet tall, and then you have uh Jay Will. So all these guys may be big man going forward mm. depending on how they physically develop i mean if jang grows in and it actually puts mass uh grows in terms of body mass and stuff like that is he uh, a forward or a big man I yeah mean, i don't know what he's gonna be hopefully he can yeah play. He's, he's going to be a player who knows yeah who knows uh you want to do a tankathon spin before we go for sure should i predict something yeah i was gonna say why don't you go ahead and predict something and make me feel all weirded out when it happens Mm, this time, Portland jumps into the top two. Okay, here we go. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should watch on YouTube because you get to see this spin live. And uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel too while you're at it. And also hit the like button down down here right now. Hit it right now if you're watching. Uh, here we go. Oh my, well, they almost did. They jumped into the oh, top three. That was close. So uh, Spurs number one. Pistons number two, Portland number three. So it went Victor, Brandon Miller went number two to the Pistons, and then Scoot number three. That's not to going Portland. to happen. It, that is not going to happen. Thunder State at twelve. They have Casey Wallace like cemented as their twelfth best player here. Um, I don't necessarily see that for the Thunder. I think that. If they're looking to replace Dort someday, he would be a really great candidate for that, but I'm not necessarily sure that that's what they're looking for. Um, maybe they would take him. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what their draft board looks like. Um, who do you like at 12? 
right now. Let's say Jordan. Let's say Jordan Hawkins is uh, picked eleventh. Why? Just well, I'm trying to throw you off because you're just going to say Jordan Hawkins every week, unless I. Yes, I. I, I, I was I, actually going with that. Um, I mean, you are a Kobe Bufkin believer. I'm a Bufkin um, believer. I'm a Bufkin boy. I'm. I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to draft uh, Jed Howard nor Jaden Hood Skifino. Yeah. It, yeah. Don't if, do that. If Hawkins is not there, he's um, not there, he's gone. And, and for the guys who are not on YouTube, Andrew is trying to, he's there, so uh, nobody will pick him before, but he's just trying to set me off. Um, yep. I would pro- it would probably be between Ryan Rupert that mm-hmm. I need to rewatch, uh, Bufkin and and maybe Keontae George. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably order those at this time. Buffkin one, repair two, and then Keontae George three. In my and I like those really? three as well. Rupert is above Keontae George for you today. Uh yeah, just because of the physical tools that he has. Mm-hmm. And also just Keontae George, his struggles down the stretch. A little little concerning at times. Yeah. Um, also, don't I, love I really his don't size see, either. I really don't see Sensaba or no Howard, no being being guys that are above Buffkin Mm-mm. when it's all said and done. That, I think that would be insane. I think it would be completely insane. If you want to hear more about Kobe Buffkin, we recorded a podcast earlier today that it's not posted yet, but it will go up at some point this afternoon um, on the. Dream Team Draft Show. So patreon.com slash OKC Dream Team. You can also search for the OKC Dream Team show on Spotify and subscribe to it there on Spotify. So you don't have to just don't subscribe to both. Pick one or the other. And that's how you can listen to that. So if you want to hear an in-depth, I think we did like 25 minutes on Buffkin. So mm-hmm. you can go listen to that. Um, we did a deep dive on his game. And uh, spoiler alert, like him. Yep. So, uh, okay. Unfortunately. Anything else before we go, McKelly? Anything else from like uh, Presti's press conference that like hit you in a certain way? I think that we touched on them. Um, again, the fact that he can go into a monologue for 30 minutes and we, I don't know how much preparation comes in, it goes into that. I think hours and hours, but anyway, oh, yeah. it's no doubt. No it's doubt about always that. a blast, uh, and always a blast when someone asks him the book question to end it all after two hours and fifteen minutes. Someone's got it. Someone's got it in that thing. We were starting to uh, recycle some answers from him, and I was like, "All right, it's time to it's end time. this. It's time to end this thing." Look at you, Andy, um, the chief of the <laughs> Oklahoma media, <laughs> the guy who decides <laughs> when to end. A discussion with the general manager. It's quite. Who let this happen? Who let who let this? You aren't the man. Insanity happen. Oh, I feel. I feel. In if I stop to think about it, I feel so insanely blessed to be able to do this podcast and to be able to to be able to sit in on those press conferences and everything. I feel outrageously thankful for all of that. So thanks for listening and thanks for you know giving some legitimacy to to what we're doing here at down to dunk it 
It uh, means a lot. Wouldn't be, could not be done without the down to dunkers. That's for sure. Um, all right. Anything else, McKelly? Before we hop off here, um, let's go back to the beginning and help the community of Shawnee. Um, yeah. uh, because that those are the important stuff in life. I mean, we love to discuss basketball, but when there are these moments. Uh, and there is need for help. I mean, it's time for help. And down to down community always delivered. Yep. Again, if you want to volunteer, spvolunteer.org. And then you can contact Michael Gilliam on Twitter at Michael C. Gilliam, G I L L I A M. Or you can give him a call or a text, 405 827 2548, to help volunteer uh, for that. So. Yeah, please, if you have time to volunteer or would like to donate or would like to help out, um, Michael can definitely help you with all of those things. And, um, yeah, I think that would be that would be a very good thing. So I uh, hope you guys have an awesome day. Oh, James Anderson said, sorry for the dissent on this one. No, I appreciate it. I, I know that your dissent comes from a place of really loving the team and really loving the game. And I don't, I welcome it. I welcome your dissent because it challenges us a little bit. And I think that's good. Again. Yeah, we love challenges. It's it's similar to what the Thunder are trying to implement. That's right. That's, yeah. Iron sharpens dissent. iron here, James. We uh, No, we, we definitely appreciate it. If you're just coming here to just hate on us, that's another thing. And we know that we know that's not your intention. No. So no, of we're, course. we're all good. We're all good. All right. Everybody have an awesome rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.